Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. My name's Luke. This is my podcast. It's great to speak to you, and I hope that the feeling is mutual. I hope that you find it's great to listen to me too. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to Luke's English Podcast, then first of all, I would like to say welcome. Welcome to the podcast and also welcome to the community of Luke's English Podcast listeners, uh, or the lepers as they're known. Um, That's a bit of a joke. Uh, Often I refer to my listeners as lepers. That's L-E-P-ers, the lepers. Um, Obviously, that's a little bit of a joke. Um, lepers. Now, I would like to say at this point that, in fact, that a leper is also something else. It's not just someone who listens to to LEP or Luke's English podcast. No, a leper is in fact someone else. In fact, it's a little bit serious to be honest with you. And this whole kind of leper thing has got uh, it may be a little bit carried away. And I think it's probably time that I dealt with the fact that a leper is also someone who who suffers from a disease known as leprosy. Okay, so leprosy, you might know, is a, uh, a fairly infectious disease which affects the nerve endings in the skin, I believe, and it, 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 um, people suffer from it all around the world. It's uh, an infection uh, caused by a bacteria which, if left untreated, can cause nerve damage leading to muscle weakness and permanent disabilities. Okay, um, these days it's not quite as widespread as it used to be. Um, it tends to be found in India and Bangladesh a lot. And, of course, it affects people who suffer, uh, who are living in poverty. So um, I thought I needed to say that right at the beginning. And, in fact, um, I just, just a minute ago, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet, I'm not showing off or anything, but I just wanted to say that I did donate some money to um, a leprosy chal- uh, charity called Lepra. Uh, you can find them on the internet, Lepra. Dot org dot uk. That's L-E-P-R-A dot org dot uk. Go to lepra.org.uk. Um, they're a charity who help people who suffer from leprosy. They actually help lepers. Um, and you can... I don't know if leper, in fact, even is the politically correct word anymore. Because, you know, these the, the language of this kind of thing is a, is a rather sensitive issue. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this word was not even used anymore. Um... Is it a politically incorrect term? Let me have a little look. Well, I've just had a quick look on the internet, and it seems that, the, the, that well, there aren't lots of um, articles or th- things on Google talking about whether or not the word leper is, is a politically incorrect term. Um, but anyway, I donated to um, the charity Lepra, and you might want to do that too. I'm just saying, please consider donating a little bit of money to um, a charity to help people who suffer from leprosy. Okay, fine. Let's carry on. So anyway, 
If you're the if this is the first time you've ever listened to Luke's English podcast, then welcome to the community uh, of people who listen to this, and it's it's a great pleasure to have you on board. You probably are listening to this because you're a learner of English, I expect. Um, and um, on Luke's English podcast, basically, you can listen to uh, real British English as it is actually spoken by by me. Um, I'm an English teacher. I've been teaching English for over 13 years. Um, it seems like an awfully long time. Um, over 13 years of teaching experience. I'm qualified, of course, with a CELTA qualification from Cambridge and the DELTA qualification as well, also issued by Cambridge. So I'm well qualified. I teach at a university. I live in Paris. I used to live in London. I'm from the UK, born and bred in England. Um, and I've been living in Paris for the last two years now. And it's an adventure for me. It's a great experience. I've been doing Luke's English podcast for over five years now and on the podcast we focus on helping you um, the listeners to connect with English in a very real way in, in an authentic way it's your chance to actually listen to English as it is spoken um, sometimes we focus on the language and we actually do episodes I actually do episodes in which I focus on certain aspects of the language it could be uh, vocabulary items of some description it could also just be um, bit of grammar sometimes not very often but we do focus on grammar on Luke's English podcast from time to time pronunciation accents all kinds of things most of the time the idea is that I present you with engaging audio content which is designed to be listened to by um, non-native speakers of English who are perhaps trying to learn the language or at least just have a love for the acquisition of English. Okay, so if you fit that category, if you're someone who just loves language learning, if you're someone who is particularly interested in picking up English or improving your English skills, you want to find something to listen to that's designed for you, then you've found the right podcast. This is the one for you. Um, loads of people listen to Luke's English podcast. Everyone listens to Luke's English podcast, even the Queen, uh, apparently, the Prime Minister, Barack Obama, Vladimir Putin, he's a big fan, um, which is a little contra- I think he keeps it secret. I don't think he tells anyone that he's a, a regular listener of Luke's English podcast. I think he probably keeps it a secret. In fact, I've heard some reports that... Uh, uh, Putin has had Luke's English podcast blocked in Russia, not because he thinks that it's a dangerous um, thing that people can listen to. No, I just think that he wants to keep it for himself. He doesn't want the other Russians to improve their English so that they can speak better than him. No, he wants to be the best, so that may be why it's been blocked. Actually, I did ask some of my listeners on Facebook recently, has Luke's English podcast been blocked? It, most of the people said that it's not blocked and it's still freely available. So thank goodness for that. Anyway, I've got loads of listeners. I get thousands of downloads. There's people all around the world listening to Luke's English podcast. So you've come to the right place. If you are a regular listener to the show, then welcome back. It's great to have you here. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. Let's see, what's this episode all about? Well, do you remember um, in episode 176, I did, um, I did an episode called Grammar Verb Tense Review. Um, and that was a chance for me to go through um, loads of different verb tenses in English and just kind of clarify 
some of the details about those verb tenses. It was quite a dense episode. Um, it, it, um, it covered loads of different uh, bits of verb tense usage. Um, we looked at stuff like, um, let's see what some of the tenses we looked at. We looked at present simple, present continuous, past simple, past continuous, used to, present perfect, present perfect continuous, past perfect, past perfect continuous, modal verbs going to versus present continuous, future with will, first conditional, future continuous, future perfect, future perfect continuous, future perfect continuous, passive. And modal verbs to describe the future. Goodness gracious me. (laughs) Did we really cover all of that in one episode? Maybe that was a little bit too much. But we like to do that on Luke's English Podcast. We like to bite off more than we can chew. Um, It's an ambitious show. um, And we like to... Why am I saying we? I suppose I'm saying we because I'm including all of the the lepers in there too. All the, the, the Luke's English Podcast people. I'm including you in there too. I'm assuming that you like to do these things as well. Anyway, um, in episode 176, I went through uh, the grammar of different verb tenses in English, looking at the meaning, looking at um, the ways in which they're used. I um, I covered a lot of a lot of stuff. Okay, but one thing I didn't cover was the pronunciation of all of those sentences. I had a a, a a load of example sentences, um, and uh, I didn't cover the pronunciation. And I promised at the end, I said, I'm going to record, and I think I even said, the next episode will be one in which I deal with the pronunciation of all these sentences. Well, guess what? I never got round to doing it. But it's been in the back of my mind, and I've been thinking, oh, I've got to do that. I've got to do that episode that I promised to do. So, guess what? This episode is a chance for me to fulfil that promise and actually look at the way in which these sentences are pronounced. And when I say pronounced, I mean the way in which the sentences are spoken in kind of natural, fluent ways. So, I say sentences. I've got a a load of sentences here, um, which you will find on the webpage for this episode, teacherluke.co.uk. Go to teacherluke.co.uk. That's teacher, L-U-K-E, .co.uk. Go there and find the page for this episode. And you'll find all the sentences that I'm talking about. These are all sentences, example sentences, that contain the verb tenses that I covered in episode 176. And what we're going to do in this one is have a look at the ways in which the words in these sentences will be linked up together. Uh, the ways in which some of the sounds become weak and the ways in which the sentences are stressed as well. Okay, so we're looking at different features of pronunciation. Globally, we're looking at the difference between the way a native speaker will say this sentence really quickly and the way that, um, oh, I don't know, a robot would say it really slowly. Okay, I don't think robots... um, I don't think many robots listen to Luke's English podcast. They should do, because robots have got terrible pronunciation, haven't they? You know, for example, let's have a look at this sentence. I teach English at a university, but at the moment I'm te- Wait a minute, hold on. I'm only human, sometimes uh, I get it wrong. Okay, I teach English at a university, and I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. Okay, I teach English at a university, and I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. 
Now, a robot would say, I teach English at a university and I'm teaching first year students of law at the moment. What kind of robots? That's, that's clearly a Dalek, isn't it, from the Doctor Who TV show? That's obviously a Dalek. So if there are any Daleks listening to this, by the way, Daleks are a kind of robot that are featured in the cult British television programme Doctor Who, which is available on the BBC. Um, If you're a Dalek, then listen closely because this is going to be a, a very useful episode for you. I understand that most of you out there listening to this are not Daleks. You're not robots or androids, cyborgs, or any of those types of, you know, uh things okay you're human beings get to the point luke okay i'm going to try and get to the point here my point is when you listen to native speakers sometimes i expect it sounds like the sentence is all just a all the words are all mixed up in the sentence and it just it's hard to tell where one word uh, ends and another word begins and you can't quite hear the difference, you know, you can't quite uh, uh, hear all of the little grammar words and all the other stuff, okay? So it's quite difficult. So what we're going to do is look at the ways in which um, a sentence can sound like it's just one sound. Like, for example, I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. And you might think, chichu chichu chu at the moment. I'm, f- I'm teaching first-year students of law. It sounds Chinese. <laughs> I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. It's, what? Is that English? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. It's just um, an example of a sentence said rather quickly. And what happens is some of the words get joined up together. Some of the words disappear or they seem to disappear. You get intrusive sounds coming in. Okay. So this... This episode's all about pronunciation, it's all about uh, word linking, it's all about intrusive sounds, it's all about elision of sounds, the way sounds disappear, and it's also about the way w- certain words are pronounced with weak pronunciation, specifically with schwa sounds. Okay, now that, that might sound like nonsense to you or gobbledygook, let me try and explain it in more detail. So, a teacher to university, I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. Now, obviously, all the words are linked up and stuff in that sentence. Let's have a look at the ways in which uh, words are linked and uh, a sentence can sound like one word. So, we're now looking at a few features of fluent uh, pronunciation. Okay. Now, there are other issues as well. For example, accents and different variations of English. And that's one of the most difficult things for learners of English to deal with. Because, you know, the number of times I've heard my students say things things like, yeah, well, I have to do business with, you know, people in India, and I can't understand anything they're saying. Well, in India, yes, you're dealing with a particular kind of accent there. Or it could be, I, I went to the pub, and I was speaking to a guy, I couldn't understand anything he was saying, I'm, I think he was from Scotland. That's often another thing. And you think, well, he could, yeah, he could have been from Scotland. He could have been from anywhere, to be honest. Because if people speak with an accent, the 
the accents have their own specific challenges and specific ways in which certain sounds are made uh, which can distract you i'm not dealing with accents or the different variations in fact really in this in this episode i'm dealing with kind of standard um british english pronunciation or received pronunciation it might be called so there are a variety of different accents all over the uk and usually they are based on the different regions so you've got you know like a birmingham accent or a west midlands accent a black country accent you've got a manchester or you know certain parts of manchester have different accents liverpool um different parts of scotland have different accents it's very very varied um but then there is another form of english which um is not um it's not based on any region and it's a kind of universal sort of standard form of of english um and it's it's known as received pronunciation or sort of modern received pronunciation some people might call it bbc english or standard english and it's basically the way that i speak i do speak with a little bit of a kind of i'm from the southeast of england so i've got a slight london accent there are traces of a london accent in when i speak for example i drop my t's sometimes uh so i might say um can i have another bottle of water now i say water but i say bottle you see what i mean so a broad cockney would say can i have another bottle of water maybe can i have a bottle of water mate can i excuse me mate can you give me another bottle of water please that's a kind of london accent so i have some traces of that accent in my voice but generally speaking i I speak with received pronunciation okay and we're dealing with received pronunciation in this episode kind of standard pronunciation that is um the form of pronunciation that you often hear on the bbc to be honest although they do use a lot of regional accents in uh, these days. But it's often on the BBC or the sort of old-fashioned BBC accent. Uh, also, it's the, the, the form of English pronunciation, which is uh, the foundation of the phonemic script that you find in pronunciation books or in dictionaries. You know all those little symbols that represent the different sounds in English? To be honest, that is based on, um, that's, that's based on received pronunciation. So if you're, for example, if you're from Dublin in Ireland, if you're an English teacher from Dublin and you use uh, an English pronunciation book uh, to teach your students pronunciation, that can be quite tricky because the pronunciation book pronounces words in one way and you're pronouncing words in another way. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm just dealing with received pronunciation, which is the kind of uh, stuff that you get in, in most uh, pronunciation guides and dictionaries and so on. It's also pretty much the way in which i speak naturally all right so let's have a look at the different features of pronunciation that we're going to um be dealing with so linking linking sounds or not linking sounds linking um this is when words are linked together and there are different types of linking all right i'm thinking of linking okay (laughs) that was kind of crap but anyway i'm thinking about linking and here are some of the different ways in which words can be linked together um so you get consonant to consonant linking that could mean that some sounds are removed for example let's take the word start and then the word talking start talking so if you don't link them it sounds like start talking and there's a t at the end of start and there's a t at the end of talking. But when you say those words together, it becomes start talking. 
start talking. There's only one t sound in the middle. So one of the T sounds has disappeared. They mix together and create just one T sound. So it's start talking, not start talking. And it's not star talking. It's not star talking, is it? It's start talking. There is a gap, a little gap. In fact, your tongue goes into the right position to make the T sound. The tongue hits the you know, the front of the alveolar ridge, when you go start, the tongue is going into position and then talking, that's when it makes the T sound. So instead of your tongue doing that twice, it just does it once. Start talking. Okay. Um, so the T is elided. Also, drinking with a D, start drinking becomes start drinking start drinking. You see, the T disappears there as well. So that's an example of vowel, sorry, of consonant to consonant linking. Uh, T to T and T to D, for example. Um, you also have consonant to vowel linking. Consonant to vowel linking. Um, that's where you, you have a word that ends in a consonant and then the next word begins in a vowel. So I've got, for example, I teach English. I teach English. And you see the ch at the end of teach and the ing at the, at the beginning of English combine and you get ching. I teach English. I teach English. Hear the ching there? I teach English. Ching. Yeah. It's not the stressed part of the word. It's not I teach, I teach English. No, it's I teach English. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, there's an example of how ch and ing combine and it just sort of sounds like what another word like a ghost word ching what's ching i teach english teaching english how about that one teaching in teaching english ying ying that's right ying ying teaching english learning english and teaching english mhm ying ying it sounds weird when you focus on it with so much attention you know, and this is going to be a slightly weird episode because we're focusing on the language with a with a microscope. And when you look at something up really close and put all your attention on it, it's going to seem a bit weird. So don't lose perspective. Try not to lose perspective. Okay. Teaching English. So we've had uh, consonant to consonant linking. Start talking. We've had consonant to vowel linking. For example, teaching, teaching English or teach English. Okay, uh, we, we also have vowel-to-vowel -vowel linking. That's where one word ends in a vowel sound and another word begins with a vowel sound. Okay, and what happens there is you get intrusive sounds. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Let's see if I can find an example. Uh, okay, uh, I went to university in Liverpool. I went to university in Liverpool. No, that's not a good example. Um, all right, I'll, I'll just give you one example, which is I am. I am. Now, obviously, normally we contract it and say I'm. But let's say we're not contracting it. Just as an example, the I, in that's the E sound in, in I, a vowel sound, and the am, the A sound at the beginning of am, is a, a vowel sound. So I am. You hear it? You hear the intrusive sound? I am. There's a Y sound in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am. Now, uh, to be honest, we don't usually say I am. We say I'm. But it's just an example. So there are different 
types of intrusive sound sounds that come in when you're linking a vowel to another vowel and the sounds are y like i am um, and then w as well um oh i need to think of an example hold on okay here's an example you and me you and me becomes you and me you hear the w there you and me so that's the um the oo sound at the end of you oo and the um un or at the either the uh sound at the beginning of un which is and okay so you un you un me that's right and becomes un we'll come back to that in a minute but you un me not you un me but you un you and what like you and mcgregor no 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 it's like you and me are going to go to the bank you one's going to go to the bank i didn't realize that you and was here no 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 not you and you and me you and and me no 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 forget about you and it's just you and me all oh, right okay oh it's a confusing language okay so we've had uh consonant to consonant linking start talking We've had consonant to vowel where there's no gap. Teach English, chinglish, right? We've had intrusive sounds, I am and you and me, okay? Um, and then there's also schwa sounds, schwa sounds. Now, the schwa is a particular, um, like a phoneme in English pronunciation, and it's probably the most common um it's, it may be the most common phoneme, certainly the most common vowel sound. And the schwa sound, if you don't already know, because I know for a fact that many of you know exactly what a schwa sound is. You're like, <laughs> well, I think I know what a schwa sound is, Luke. Thank you very much. But I'll, I'll listen to you explaining it anyway for the, all of those people who sadly don't even know what it is. If you don't know what it is, don't worry about it, okay? Because I'm going to explain it to you now. A schwa is basically a, a, a vowel sound, which is like a sort of dead sound, okay? Let's take the example of the word London. London, okay? London, home of uh, the Prime Minister and the Queen. London. Now, we don't say London, obviously, um, but there is a stressed syllable in London. It's the, it's the first syllable, London. It's not London, London. No, it's London. So usually in the stressed syllable of a word, the vowel sound is pronounced fully. In this case, the vowel sound in, in the first syllable of London is an uh sound. Uh, like the sound you get in up. Like in shut up, for example. It's, it's an uh sound. Now, um, in the unstressed syllable, the vowel sound is made weaker. It's like a flat dead vowel sound the dead vowel sound it sounds kind of dramatic flat vowel sound un in this case un london dun you hear that un and that's a common sound very very common it happens all the time every, almost every word has got the schwa sound in it teacher that's a common one teacher you can hear the the schwa sound at the end teacher now i'm from england so i say teacher i don't say teacher no i don't add a r at the end because you know often r sounds are not spoken they're not fully pronounced by british english speakers like me so i don't say uh i'm a teacher no i say i'm a teacher 
Well, that's a little bit exaggerated. I'm a teacher from England. No, I'm a teacher. <laughs> it's hard to sound natural when you're trying to sound natural. Hello there. Um, oh, it's very nice to meet you. Um, how do you know? Uh, how do you know Ewan? Oh, um, I went to university with him. Oh, that's that's cool. Great. So, uh, um, what do you do? Oh, I'm a I'm a teacher. Oh, really? You're a teacher. What, what kind of teacher? There you go. I'd like to teach her what kind of teacher I am. All right, that was another joke. That was a pronunciation joke. I'd like to teach you, teach you. It's like teach you, teach you, teach you. Because you is not fully stressed, it becomes a weak sound, and you becomes you. I'd like to teach you about being a teacher. Yes. Okay, so intrusive sounds, um, weak sounds with schwa, with schwa, the schwa sound. Um, it's very common. Okay, are you all right? Are you keeping up with this, ladies and gentlemen? You know what the schwa sound is? Yeah, you do. The schwa sound is very commonly used in the context of a sentence. It's used with all of the unstressed words. Okay? So, for example, the little words like um, uh, uh, articles or, or auxiliary verbs or prepositions, those little grammar words that don't carry all the big meaning which kind of help to hold the sentence together. Okay, the grammar words. Often they're not fully stressed. You might stress them in order to highlight something, but often they're not fully stressed. In a sentence, you've got meaning words and you have, let's say, um, grammar words. Okay, let's, let's describe it like that. Meaning words and grammar words. The meaning words are like the big words that carry the meaning, and the grammar words are like the little words that provide grammatical support to the sentence. Usually the meaning words tend to be the stressed words, and, and they're more clearly pronounced. The vowel sounds will be more full, and then the little words are pronounced um, in a weaker or softer way, and sometimes they're hard for you to hear. Like, you don't know if a person is speaking in past perfect or present perfect or past simple because all of the auxiliary verbs just sort of seem to disappear. You can't quite hear them. It could be because they're being pronounced with weak forms. It could be because the ed ending is being is disappearing because it's connected to the next word. It could be because the... Um, um, it could be because the auxiliary verb is, is being contracted down to a tiny little sound. All of these things can make it hard for you to notice verb tenses, and it can make it hard for you to produce them naturally. Um, so what I'm doing here is attempting to allow you or help you to identify why it's difficult for you to hear every word in a sentence. Now, let's get started by going through some example sentences. I realise that this is already half an hour into the episode, and I've only just started on the sentences. But, you know, this is a huge subject. And as, as I said at the beginning, I'm being a little bit ambitious, and I'm, I'm attempting to bite off more than I can chew, uh, or maybe more than, more than you can chew. But at least this is a permanent record. You can come back to this and listen to it again and again, and you'll realise that there is a wealth of great knowledge in this episode. Yes, there is. Just like there was in episode 176. Remember in that episode, we were, um, it was, there was a bit of pressure because it was hard to deal with, but it was a bit like we were sort of like compressing uh, carbon into a diamond. That was the, um, 
the uh, metaphor that I used. It was a slightly weird metaphor. I don't know if it worked. But anyway, if you can focus, and if you want to, you can listen to this again and again, and I think you'll, you'll discover that there's a lot to be gained from this episode. What you can do with me now is go through the sentences with me, okay? And I'm going to read out the sentence in a natural way, Um, I'm going to try and read it in a very fluent sort of natural way. I'm also going to break it down so you can hear all of the words. I'm going to break it down, as they might say. Break it down, down, down. Okay, okay. keep yourself under control. Okay, so I'm going to break it down as well. And I will um, say each word individually so you can hear them all clearly. And I'll say them naturally. And then I will attempt to highlight some of those features of of, um, connected speech the linking, the elision of words uh, or sounds, the il- the intrusive sounds, if there are any, and the schwa sounds as well, the weak forms. Okay, so let's get started with this sentence. I teach at a university and I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. Okay, I teach at a university and I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. I teach at a university. Teach. I teach English. There was the first one. Teach English. I teach English. Shut. Shut. Hear the way sh and at get linked. I teach English at a university. Try and repeat these things after me and try and get the rhythm right. Because it's the rhythm to an extent that's dictating these uh, features of pronunciation. So if you get the rhythm right, it's going to help you to connect the sounds up together and so on. It's going to help you to say it more naturally. I teach English at a university. I teach English at a university. At, that's a a weak form. It's not at. In this sentence, it's at. I teach English at a university. Shut a university. I teach English at a university. And I'm teaching first-year students of law. I'm teaching first-year. Not first-year. Although you could say first-year or first-year. I say first-year. First-year students of law. First-year students of... First-year students of law. So students of... There's a consonant-to-vowel link. Sov. And of is pronounced with a weak form, of. So, students of law. Um, Students of law at the moment. Now, there's an intrusive sound. Law-rut. So, ut is at, but with a weak sound, with a schwa sound. Not at, but ut. I'm teaching first-year students of law at the moment. Law-rut. There's a r sound between law and... And at, you've got law at the moment. Okay, Ah, that might be difficult for you. I don't know if that's difficult for you, but it probably is. Let's do it again and just repeat after me. I teach English at a university and I'm teaching first year students of law at the moment. Okay, next sentence. That was present simple, by the way. I teach English at a university. Let's move on to present continuous. And we've we've had a little bit of that already. I'm teaching. Hear the way I'm teaching. Obviously, I think you know how to deal with I'm. I'm sure you've done that many times. Let's have this sentence. Um, 
I'm from I'm from London, but at the moment I'm living in Paris. I'm from London, but at the moment I'm living in Paris. Hear the stressed words? London, at the moment I'm living in Paris. I'm from London, but at the moment I'm living in Paris. Okay, I'm from London. If if you're wondering about the meaning and the use of the tenses, go back to episode 176. Here we're just focusing on pronunciation. I'm from London. So already from is pronounced with a weak form, from. I'm from London. Okay, and there's London. We've dealt with that already. La, London, London. You could say London with a London accent. I'm from London, mate. London. London is kind of a London accent. I don't say it like that. Yeah, I'm geezer. You know what I mean? I'm from London, mate. What are you going to do about it? Come on then. No. I'm from London. But at the moment, but at the moment, but at, but at the, but at the moment. So, but that's but at the, but at is pronounced with a weak form, at. So we have but at the moment, but. To the, but at the moment, okay, so the is also, I suppose that's a weak form. It's not the, it's the. Um, okay, but at the moment, so t is the way that the T at the end of but and the at combine, but at the moment, okay, but at the moment I'm living in Paris. But at the moment, I'm living. I'm living in Paris. Living in. Gin, gin, living in. But at the moment, I'm living in Paris. Let's try it again. I'm from London, but at the moment, I'm living in Paris. I think rhythm is important. I'm from London, but at the moment, I'm living in Paris. Okay. How about this one? At the moment, I'm working at a university. At the moment, I'm working at a university. Okay. <laughs> All right. At the moment, at the moment, I'm working at a university. It sounds cheesy like that. At the moment, I'm working at a university. At the moment, there's at the moment again. We don't need to do that one again. I'm working at a university. At a, at a university. Okay. Right. Let's move on to past simple. Um, past simple with for a long time. Okay, I lived in West London for a long time before moving to Paris. I lived in West London. Lived in din. There's a there's a link between lived and in. Lived in. I lived in West London. Right. Say it. I lived in West London for a long time. I lived in West London for a for a long time. For a long time. I lived in West London for a long time before moving to Paris. Okay. Then we've got a sequence of finished actions with past simple. Here's the sequence. My dad was promoted and then got a job in the Midlands. So we moved there and stayed for many years. I went back to university and... Hold on. Hold on. My dad was promoted and got a job in the Midlands. So we moved there and stayed for many years. I went to university in Liverpool and lived there for four years. And then I moved back to Warwickshire. My dad was promoted. So there's a passive. Was promoted. Was. Okay. My dad was promoted. Okay. 
Sounds like David Bowie. My dad was promoted. Right. My dad was promoted. And then promoted connects with the and. And you get promoted. And My dad was promoted and got a job in the Midlands. My dad was promoted and got a job in the Midlands. So we moved there. It's going to take so long for me to focus on every little individual detail of connected speech here. I'm going to do it a little bit, but not too much. My dad was promoted. So there's a, there's a, a schwa sound, was promoted. The connection between promoted and, and the word and, promoted and. Uh, and and, the d at the end of and gets cut. So you get promoted and got a job. Not promoted and got, because and got is too difficult. So you have to say and got. And got a job. The, the, the article a or uh is, is a schwa sound there. Got a job. Got a job in. Bin. My dad was promoted and got a job in the Midlands. There's a bin in the middle of that sentence, which is a kind of ghost word. Rem- remember them? Ghost words? My dad was promoted and got a job in the Midlands. So we moved there. So we. So we moved there. Moved there. Moved there. So there's a connection between moved, d, d, and the from there. Moved there. Moved there. So at the end of moved, just before you go d, d, you know the way the tongue comes down from behind the teeth, d. Moved. So instead of going d, you're going there. So the tongue moves from the d position, just before it goes d, into the th position. Now I know that the the position is a difficult one. Th and the, they're difficult, aren't they? For some of you. There. So the tip of your tongue is just poking out from underneath your front teeth. It's just sticking out a little bit. This there. And then you go. All right. There, 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 there. Can you do that? There, 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 there. Just the tip of the tongue sticking out under your front teeth and then coming down. There, 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 there. So moved there. See the way your tongue has to slip sort of from that uh, position behind the teeth on the alveolar, on the alveolar ridge and then slips out and then comes, pokes out a little bit and then comes down. Moved there. Oh my God. It's kind of difficult to deal with all of the technical aspects of pronunciation maybe you should just keep repeating after me just try and copy me so we moved there and stayed for many years stayed for many years all right not stayed for many years but stayed for many years i went to university in liverpool i went to i went to university in liverpool I went to university in Liverpool and lived there for four years. There's a good one. For four years. For four years. I lived there for four years. For four. Okay. I went to university in Liverpool and lived there for four years. And then I moved back to Warwickshire. Fine. Let's move on to past continuous. Are you still with me, ladies and gentlemen? Are you still there? I hope that you um, haven't just checked out or fallen asleep or decided to... Just, I don't know what you would do, jump out the window or something. No, why would you do that during one of these valuable episodes of Luke's English Podcast? Surely now you're locked in. I hope so. 
past continuous, which of course is um, was or were with an ing. Uh, I was working in a pub. I was working in a pub. I was so was it becomes was I was working. I'd finished university and I was working in a pub, not really going anywhere. I was working in a pub, not really going anywhere. All right. So it's obviously describing the, the situation in the past. I'd finished university. I'd finished. You hear the past perfect there? I'd finished. I'd finished. I'd finished. Not I finished. Can you hear the difference between I finished and I'd finished? Can you hear the difference? Past simple. I finished. Past perfect. I'd finished. Whoa. Can you hear that? It's so subtle, right? I finished university. I'd finished university. I'd finished and so I finished and I'd finished. I hope you can hear the difference. Can you do it? I finished university. It's past simple. I'd finished university. Past perfect. Okay. So it's past perfect here. I'd finished university and I was working in a pub, not really going anywhere. I was working in a pub, working in a pub. I was working in a pub, not really going anywhere. All right. This is all true, by the way. All of these sentences are true. Pretty much all of them are true about my life. Um, it was while I was living in London that I came up with the idea of launching an amazing podcast for learners of English. Okay. All right. It was while I was living in London that I came up with the idea of launching an amazing podcast for learners of English. It was while I was living in London. It was while I was living in London. It was while I was living in London that I came up with the idea of launching an amazing podcast for learners of English. Okay. Let's just focus on the schwa sounds in that sentence. So we've got one, oh, there's more, um, more than this, but I'm f- just pointing out four of them. And there's one in was, I was living. There's one in that, that I came up with. So I was living in, it was when I was living in London that I came up with the idea that, that I came up with the idea of launching an amazing podcast for learners of English. So there's one in for, so for, and one in of, of, for learners of English, for learners of English, z, hear the z, for learners of English. It was while I was living in London that I came up with the idea of launching an amazing podcast for learners of English. Okay, next one. I was walking down the street and this guy came up to me and started talking, but I couldn't understand him. I was walking down the street. I was walking down the street. Street. It's not street and it's not street. It's street. Street. So the tongue is going into the T position, but it's not fully making it. I was walking down the street and this guy, ah, there it is. Tun. Walking down the street. Tun. Tun. So tun is street and. So un is and. I was walking down the street and this guy came up to me. And started talking. Started talking. Started talking. Started is, is quite London. It's a London accent. He started talking. Or he started talking. But I couldn't understand him. I couldn't understand him. 
couldn't understand I couldn't understand him. So when I focus you on something like ton, between couldn't and understand, don't stress that syllable. Don't go. Don't say I couldn't understand him. No, I couldn't understand is the stressed syllable here. I couldn't understand him. Okay. All right. Let's have a bit of used to. I used to. It used to be quite difficult. Used to. Used to be. Used to. Not used. No. Used to be. It used to be quite difficult. It used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language. I couldn't hear that. Not couldn't. I'm saying I couldn't speak. Couldn't. I couldn't speak the language. It used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language. But I'm getting used to it now. Now I say I'm getting. I'm getting used to it. Uh, it used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language, but I'm getting used to it now. Getting. Yeah, I did say getting, didn't I? My dad wouldn't be very proud of that, but I think it's all right. Um, it used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language, but I'm getting used to it now. You could say I'm getting used to it now, or it's a bit more proper to, to say I'm getting used to it now. Getting used to it. I'm getting used to it now. It's considered to be a little bit sort of incorrect to drop your T sounds in English. But the fact is that a lot of people drop their T sounds. But you can do it big, or you, you, you can do it in a big way or in a small way. If you do it in a big way, it's like, I used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language, but I'm getting used to it now. See what I mean? You sound like a football player. It used to, it used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language, but I'm getting used to it now. So that's a bit extreme. Don't do it that much. But you can maybe do it a little bit. Because otherwise you sound like, it used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language, but I'm getting used to it now. Okay, that sounds beautiful. It does. But does everyone actually speak like that? You sound a bit posh if you speak like that. That's my point. And sounding a bit posh, very nice, lovely. But people are going to think you're a little bit posh. They might start assuming that you're a little bit snobbish. You know what I mean? Okay. If you want to sound normal, don't do don't speak too posh. It used to be quite difficult because I couldn't speak the language, but I'm getting used to it now. Okay. Present perfect, that's with have and or has. Um often contracted. I've been up the Eiffel Tower. I've visited Notre Dame. I've been to Shakespeare and Company. I've tried lots of delicious French wine, but I still haven't done everything. I've been up the Eiffel Tower. I've now been often becomes been. I've been up the. Well, I've been, been, been. Sometimes it's been, sometimes it's been. I've been up the Eiffel Tower. I've visited Notre Dame. I've been to Shakespeare and Company. Been, yeah, been. Sometimes it's been, sometimes it's been. What have you been doing? There you go. What have you been doing? Or. I've been sitting around really haven't been haven't really been doing much. What have you been doing? Oh, I haven't been doing much. So sometimes it's been, sometimes it's been. Mhm. I've been up the I've been up the Eiffel Tower. I've visited Notre Dame. I've visited Notre Dame. I've been to Shakespeare and Company. That's a bookshop in Paris. I've tried lots of delicious French wine, but I still haven't done everything. Haven't done haven't done. 
See the way the T and the D sort of link up? I haven't done everything yet. Haven't done, not haven't done. Haven't done everything. Okay. Today, I've drunk a bit too much coffee, so I'm pretty hyperactive. I've drunk a bit too much coffee. Today, I've drunk a bit too much coffee, so I'm pretty hyperactive. I've drunk a bit too much coffee today, so I'm pretty hyperactive. Normally, I drink tea. Normally, I drink tea, but more recently, I've been drinking coffee. I've been drinking coffee. I've been drinking coffee, or recently, I've been drinking coffee. Here, the stressed words, they're the meaning words. Normally, I drink tea, but more recently, I've been drinking coffee. I've had about 9,000 cups already today. I've had about 9,000 cups already. So I'm really exaggerating 9,000. I'm exaggerating it because obviously I'm doing it for humor, humorous effect, comic effect. I haven't really had 9,000 cups. It's just a joke. I've had, uh, yeah, normally I drink tea, but recently I've been drinking coffee and I think I've had about 9 million cups already today. Okay. Um, present perfect continuous, which also has been in it and an and ing i've been doing lots of comedy i've been doing lots of gigs i've been working at the university i've been recording episodes of the podcast i've had i've hardly had time to just sit down and read my book in silence i've been doing lots of comedy i've been i've been doing lots of comedy lots of lots of not lots of but lots of comedy lots of i've been doing lots of comedy i've been doing lots of gigs doing lots of gigs. I've been working at the university. There's that. At the university becomes at the university. It's almost like at the university is one word. You know what I mean? Like at the university becomes one word and that one word has a stressed syllable, hasn't it? It's adversity. I've been working at the university. I've been recording episodes of the podcast. I've been recording I've been recording. I've been recording episodes of the podcast. Um, I've hardly had time to sit down and just read my book. I've hardly had time. I've hardly had any time. I've hardly had time to just sit down and read my book. Okay. All right, then. Let's see. We're now on 53 minutes of this. Um, How are you doing, folks? Are you all right? You're surviving? You know, you're still with me? I sincerely hope that you're finding this interesting. The thing is that, right, when I'm doing my podcast, um, a lot of the time my focus is just on keeping you, um, just keeping you engaged because I want you to listen. I just want you to listen to, um, you know, authentic and meaningful um, stuff. You know, I just want you to listen to me and be engaged with what I'm saying. And I think that if you connect with like the meaning of what I'm saying, you know, the message, and if it's meaningful, if it has like an emotional reaction, or if it makes you laugh a little bit, or if it makes you think, then I'm getting through to you, and the language is going in properly. Because studying English in a mechanical way, or studying language in a mechanical way, um, it can be good in one sense, because it erases your awareness of things, 
and you study the language, you know, from the bottom up, that can be good. But a lot of the time, I what I'm trying to do is expose you to language and just get it into your subconscious by trying to reach your emotions or trying to reach your humour or just trying to reach something, just reach out to you in some way and do it in English. And so that way you're kind of looking at the language from the top down. You know, you're just interacting with the language on a meaningful level and hopefully then you're just acquiring it or picking it up or just at least listening to it and interacting with it on, on a meaning level. But sometimes it's worth looking at the language f- on, a, on a, uh, a functional level as well. The thing is, the problem with doing that is that it doesn't create very engaging audio content. It's not something you can really focus on and enjoy, like it's a story or um, an account of something that's happened to me or a series of jokes or even an interview with a person, with a friend of mine, you know? So like, this is one of those episodes where we're looking at the language in a mechanical way and I hope that it's not boring. That's my point. I really hope that I'm keeping you interested. I'm sure I am. In fact, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I think that I am keeping it interesting by kind of talking to you like this sometimes. Okay, I know what you're saying. Get back to the subject, Luke. Get back down to the pronunciation. Okay, then, let's, let's look at past perfect, which is a notorious tense for being difficult to hear. Past perfect, that's had and a past participle. Let's see if you can notice the past perfect in this sentence. That's when I decided to become an English teacher. I'd finished university and I was working in a pub and I wasn't really going anywhere. Yeah, we've done that one already. I'd finished university. I'd finished. There it is. I had finished. I'd finished university and I was working in a pub and I wasn't really going anywhere. All right. I'd finished university. We've, we've dealt with that sentence already because it also contains past continuous. Here's another one. When I first came here, I'd never visited Paris before, but my girlfriend had told me a lot about it, so I was kind of prepared. When I first came here, I'd never visited Paris before. Say that. I'd never visited Paris before when I first came here. See, it's used in combination with past simple. When I first came here, past simple, I'd never visit. I'd never visited Paris before. Past perfect. I'd never. I'd never. So that's I had never visited, or I'd never visited, or I'd never visited. I'd never visited. I'd never visited Paris before. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. For some reason, I said it like Batman. How would Batman do this? When I first came here, I'd never visited Paris before. But my girlfriend had told me a lot about it. So I was kind of prepared. I'm Batman. Okay. Thanks, Batman. When I first came here, I'd never visited... (laughs) Right. I'd never visited Paris before, but my girlfriend had told me a lot about it. Hear, hear that one? But my girlfriend had told me. My girlfriend had, my girlfriend had told me. My girlfriend had told me. My girlfriend had told me a lot about it. That's a great one. That's a good example. My girlfriend had told me. So had becomes ud. And it's, it's linked with the D at the end of girlfriend. Girlfriend had. My girlfriend had told me. Right? You could be forgiven for just missing that one. My girlfriend had told me a lot about it. A lot about it. A lot about it. My girlfriend had told me a lot about it. So I was kind of prepared. 
kind of it sounds a bit like kind of I was kind of prepared yeah all right then let's move on oh my goodness there's a whole other page of sentences should we just keep going I what yes okay then let's keep going so past perfect continuous as well as studying at university and college as well as studying at university and college, I'd also been playing in lots of bands over the past few years, but it hadn't really worked out, so I, so I needed to think of something else to do. As well as studying at university and college, I'd also been playing in lots of bands over the past few years, but it hadn't really worked out, so I needed to think of something else to do. As well as studying at university, as well as, not as well as, but as well as studying, as well as studying at university and college, Okay, so we've got schwa sounds, as well as studying at university and college. I'd also been playing in lots of bands over the past few years. I'd also been playing in lots of bands. I'd also been playing in lots of bands over the past few years. But it hadn't really worked out. But it hadn't really worked out. But it hadn't really worked out. So I needed to think of something else to do. All right. Repeat that after me. As well as studying at university, I'd also been playing in lots of bands over the past few years. But it hadn't really worked out. So I needed, some, uh, I needed to think of something else to do. Notice with the phrasal verb, worked out. It hadn't really worked out, meaning it wasn't really a success. It hadn't really worked out. Notice that the out is the stressed part and pretty much every time you use a phrasal verb it's the particle that the other bit the, f the preposition or whatever out in this case um, that's the stressed bit it hadn't really worked out so i needed to think of something else to do all right let's skip forwards to using going to or present continuous to talk about future plans um we're going to we're going to visit new york next month all right, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, don't we say gonna? Don't we say gonna? I'm going to visit New York next month. Okay, yeah, I would say that. Hey, uh, how are you doing? Fine, thanks. What are your plans for, for the summer? Oh, um, well, we're going to visit New York. Whoa, cool, brilliant. We're going to visit New York. Okay, so we do say gonna, but do not write it. Do not write gonna. Okay? Because it's, it's not a contraction. It's not generally considered to be acceptable written language. Maybe in very informal situations like when you're texting or chatting in a, you know, on Facebook or something. Maybe. Maybe. But sorry for me. Don't write gonna. Um, it's going to. But we do say gonna. But you shouldn't make it too obvious. Because, to be honest, it's a little bit ugly when you, when you exaggerate it. What are your plans for summer? I'm gonna go to New York and then, I'm, and then I wanna go shopping. Don't push it too much. In fact, I think that you should first start saying going to. We're going to visit New York. We're going to go shopping. I think you should start with that. And then eventually you can graduate to we're gonna go shopping. We're gonna go to New York. Okay, don't learn gonna as a word on its own, please, because it doesn't sound very nice. And it's the same with wanna. I want to go shopping. Okay, uh, all right. Let's start by saying I want to go shopping. 
And then once you've got that, then you can start saying, I want to go shopping. But understand that it sounds a little bit, I don't know, it sounds like you sound a bit like a spoiled American teenager. Daddy, I want to go shopping. You know, we're going to go to the mall. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't dislike Americans. I love America. It's just that Gunner on its own, yeah, it sounds a little bit ugly to me. But I have to say, I do say it, but I don't exaggerate. I don't emphasize it. We're going to visit New York next month. Um, I might do a special report from New York. Oh, there's might in there. Okay. Uh, we're going to stay in an Airbnb apartment that we've found. We're going to stay. Found. We're gonna stay. Hear the way that I say gunner. It's like really weak pronunciation on gunner. It's not we're gonna stay in New in New York. It's we're gonna stay in New York. We're gonna stay in an Airbnb apartment that we found. Okay. We're planning the trip at the moment. That's we're we're planning. Here we're we're planning the trip at the moment. That's we are planning the trip. We're planning the trip at the moment. We're flying there in the middle of April. It's gonna be great. We're flying there. We're flying there in the middle of April. In the middle of, in the middle of April. April. We're flying there in the middle of April. It's going to be great. Okay. So it's not, it's going to be great, but it's going to be great. If you want to emphasize that, then you can say it's going to be great, but um, it's going to be great. All right. We're nearly finished. We're nearly there. Future with will. Okay, not plans, not um, not plans exactly, but judgments, opinions, or predictions. Who knows? Maybe the lepers will. Maybe the lepers will one day rise up. Uh, okay, hopefully it'll last. It'll last. Hopefully they'll take me on again. They'll take me on again. I think I was talking about the university, wondering if they would give me another contract. They did. They did take me on again. Hopefully it'll last for a few years. Hopefully they'll take me on again next year. They'll take me on. They'll they'll take me on. Take me on means give me a job. Okay? England will probably win. England will probably win the World Cup. He said arrogantly. Um, England will win. I'm pretty sure that it's going to be England. <laughs> Arrogant. Um, all right. England will probably win, to be honest. Uh, we probably won't win. Won't win. So, let's have a look at the difference between won't and want. O and O. I want, I want a cup of tea, okay? But I, I won't make one because I can't be bothered. Won't, O, I won't. England probably won't win. I want England to win, but they probably won't want i really want an ice cream but i won't oh won't i want an ice cream but i won't have one i want an ice cream but i won't have one because i'm on a diet okay good so that's that's won't will the the lepels uh the podcast will be a big hit the podcast will... I think that next year the podcast will be even bigger. The podcast will... Oh. That's right. Oh. 
That's the word will. That important word. Yes, we say all. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but we do. The podcast will probably be a massive success. All I need is um, just everyone to start listening to it. Next, uh, let's have uh, first conditional. We probably won't get to the final, but if we do, it'll be amazing. It'll be. It'll. It'll. It'll be amazing. We probably won't get to the final, but if we do, it'll be amazing. Okay, you can hear, can't you, how the stressed words, the meaning words, dictate the rhythm of the sentence. We probably won't get to the final, but if we do, it'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. All right. Future continuous. That's future with an ing. Who knows what I'll be doing? What I'll be doing? Who knows what I'll be doing? What I'll be doing? My T there sounds a bit like a D. I could say, who knows what I'll be doing? What tile? Tile. Tile? What, like a bathroom tile? Who knows what I'll be doing? I think that we know what the tiles will be doing. They'll just be in the bathroom like normal. No, 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 no. Aisle. Oh, right. Who knows what I'll be doing next year? Oh, I see. Who knows what you'll be doing next year? All right. Sorry, I misunderstood there for a second. Who knows what I'll be doing next year? Hopefully, I'll still be recording episodes of Luke's English Podcast. Hopefully, I'll still be recording episodes of Luke's English Podcast. Okay, let's move on to future perfect, which is will, have, and then a past participle. Will, have, done. This is a good one because we've got will, because of the pronunciation of the word have. Hopefully, I, hopefully I will have done many more episodes of Luke's English Podcast. And perhaps, I. Hmm, let's see. I'll have done. I'll have done. Hopefully I'll have uh, Hopefully I'll have done many more episodes of Luke's English podcast and perhaps I'll have expanded my work online in some way. I'll have done many more episodes of Luke's English podcast. So like, you know, this time in 5 years, in 5 years time, sort of like in October 2019 um on a on a on a Thursday afternoon, hopefully I will have done I'll have done many more episodes of Luke's English podcast and perhaps I'll have expanded my work online. I'll have expanded my work online in some way. I'll have expanded. I love love. I'll have expanded my work online in some way. Sounds a bit like there's a ghost word in there, love. I'll have expanded my work. Yeah, okay. Future perfect continuous. Okay, in a first conditional structure. If I'm still doing Luke's English podcast, I'll have been doing Luke's English podcast for 15 years. I'll have been doing it for 15 years. I'll have been doing it. I'll have been doing it for 15 years. Now I said before on a previous episode, I've dealt with this sentence in the past. It sounds a little bit like I love doing Luke's English podcast. I'll have been doing Luke's English podcast for 15 years. I'll have been doing the podcast. Yeah. I'll have been doing Luke's English podcast for 15 years. If I'm still doing the podcast, it means that I'll have been doing it for 15 years. Amazing. All right. And then future perfect continuous passive. I'll have been listening to it for... F- Wait a minute. This is you speaking because you're, you're a listener. I'll have been listening for 10 years. I'll have been listening to Luke's English podcast for 10 years. If Luke is still doing this in five years time and I'm still listening 
Then I'll have been doing this for 10 years. Okay. Are you still with me? Are you still repeating some of these sentences or are you just listening? You, you might just be listening because you're probably on a bus or in bed or, you know, something like that. I hope that you've found this useful, that me demonstrating some of these, um, these verb tenses and highlighting some of the ways in which um, these tenses are pronounced with weak forms, the way that, that words are linked up, the way you get little intrusive sounds at some point... Um, I hope you found that useful. Um, if you have found it useful, then please do share the podcast with your friends. Um, listen to it again and again until you feel like you are on top of the subject. Um, and um, let's see, if, if you value my work and you feel like you'd like me to keep doing this, then do consider leaving a donation. Just go to teacherluke.co.uk. There are, there are buttons all over the site, yellow buttons that say donate. Just click on one and you get the option to, to send me a donation through PayPal, which is widely considered to be a very, very reliable service. Um, if you listen to this again and again, repeat the sentences I've said, practice, 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 you will develop much more natural uh, much more natural pronunciation and in doing that as well it'll help you to listen more effectively too that is the end of this um, language focused episode of luke's english podcast leave your comments and responses and questions um, in the comments section for this episode but for now it's time for me to wish you a very, very, very warm farewell for this episode. I'm now going to go outside and buy a shirt because I need another shirt. That's why. That's generally why one would buy a shirt if one needed one, right? Although sometimes we buy shirts because we just want them, don't we? You know, do you ever have that? You just go shopping and you, you're in a shop and you realise, well, I don't even know why I'm in here. I don't need anything. Maybe it's just the psychology of the people who designed the shopping centre they're, they're very clever. And the advertisers, they've managed to get deep into your subconscious. And the next thing you know, you're just standing in a shop looking at clothes that you don't need or even want. And you just think, why am I even here? It's because the psychology, they've managed to persuade you subconsciously to walk into that shop. The whole shop is designed to lead you all the way into the shop. So you go in and purchase things that you don't even need or want yeah not so with luke's english podcast we're not playing those tricks with you no it's a straight up service we just we just give you we why am i using the royal we i i just give you the genuinely useful stuff okay and i i offer it to you for free and uh, i give you the option you can send me a donation if you feel like it or not um, I hope, of course, that you do, because it's going to allow me to continue doing this. That's it. I'm now going to go and buy that shirt. It's lovely having a nice clean shirt for a working day. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. All right. If you want to help me to purchase more clothes that I can wear to work so I can look clean and respectable, so I give the right impression to my students so that they say nice things about me, um, and give me good feedback at the end of my courses. If you want me to have a satisfying uh, working life, help me buy a nice clean shirt. I'm going to go to Uniqlo. You know Uniqlo? It's like a Japanese store. They sell sort of fairly nondescript plain clothing. I really like their Oxford weave shirts. You know those button-down collared Oxford shirts? Those are my favourite shirts, and I, I like to buy them from Uniqlo. So if you want to help me out, 
just um, send me a little donation and help me buy maybe a new pair of trousers because I've only got a few options. Maybe a tie, something to help me look nice in front of my students. It makes a difference. It does. That's it for this episode. Thanks very much for listening. Speak to you again very, very, very soon. But for now, it's goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.